What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Maxwell Kosmolski. Joined with me is my co-host, Nolan Claypeck, And of course, we have audio master Jay Cotter in the house. Welcome, gents. What's good? Doing all right? What's going on? Living the dream. How was your weekend? Oh, it was great. I went to Cedar Point, got the Fastlane Plus passes, fuck shit up on the rides. Steel Vengeance was kick-ass. Haunted houses, they were haunted, they were scary. What did the woman do to scare you so much? Oh, dude, this, so people were like, they, they had the scares come out at like eight and nobody could scare me. Like I, I was almost like trying not to be scared, but like I knew that people were gonna be popping out all the time. So mm -hmm. if you can anticipate it, you're not gonna get that scared. But we were walking through this haunted house and there was a lady hiding behind a bookshelf and I didn't see her, I didn't spot her. And she like took a box like there were boxes on the shelf and she just like pushed it out and was like, forget something? That's, she, she said, forget something? And I fucking jumped. Like I, I almost crapped my pants. So she got me there. I was, I was gonna go on the streak, you know, make sure none of them got me, but the lady at the end of the night scared the shit out of me. <laughs> the funniest thing about that is I feel like if you were a haunted house worker, like. That would be your scare move. Like, you're not the chainsaw guy, but like, pop it out of a box and be like, you did <laughs> Yeah, that, 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 is dude, that, that is me. Yeah. There was a guy Fighting with a chainsaw. With the, the guy, before we went into this one, where it was like butcher themed, and they had the most grotesque, like, uh, props. They were horribly grotesque. Uh -huh. I can't believe that shit was even for sale. I'm terrified that you think it's grotesque because this weird ass likes the Saw movies, which those are just really You like the Saw gross. movies? And, no, uh, I, I mean, I, I watch them, I guess. So, like all of them. So if you, <laughs> yeah, if you made it through, them. if you made it through those and this is just like appalling to you, like what the fuck are these decorations? Dude, they- <laughs> don't, don't describe them. They were bad. Okay, that's good. That's, but that's a good description. I can't watch that shit, bro. How do you watch that? It's great. Well, it, I don't know. I, it's just I shift away from Max a little bit. Yeah, you're making me over. feel bad. No, no. no, no. <laughs> Think about Am I bad for watching Saw movies? I got, I got crazy Comment thoughts below. all the time. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, if they made a scary movie about, like, an amusement park that let out, like, scarers, you know? And then one guy has a chainsaw or whatever, but then, like, you're like, no, it's fake, it's fake, but he's actually got the chain on it, and then it's like a massacre, like... That's what I just thought about. Like, it was fucked up. So, Bro, that's exactly what I was thinking good. about. <laughs> I was like, when, dude, what if this guy's chain is on the, on the saw and he's just a serial killer? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't worried about the chainsaw in particular, but just the whole, like, you know, it's dark. A bunch of people are, like, dressed up in, like, costumes. Like, you, you easily wouldn't be able to identify these people, like a manager or something. They see a dude in a costume. It's like, is that my guy or did that guy hop the fence? Yeah, so I, yeah. I was a little paranoid. I, I was constantly aware of, you know, my nearby exits and stuff. <laughs> the scariest scary movie I've ever seen is actually, it had a similar concept. So these people, they were road tripping, going to like these underground haunted houses that were like super scary. Dude, I saw and this one. The people that were working in those haunted houses started like stalking these people on their road trip and fo followed them. And like the one scene that made me turn it off was like, they're like, 
all sleeping in the RV and the people from the haunted house like break into their RV and they're like taking pictures of them with their cameras while they're asleep and stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And this is, uh, I was, uh, I was actually over at, um, it was when we were at CMU, I was with a group of people and they had wanted to watch the scary movie for our audience. Just, I hate scary movies. I don't, I don't watch scary movies, but I'm in that camp. Well, I wasn't going to be the one person in the room that was like, no, scary movies are scary. Yeah. So I'm sitting there with like my knees above my face, like just like barely pe peeking over. But that, that was the creepiest movie I've ever seen. And it was done like, like a documentary style, like realistic, which made it super freaky. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have seen that. I, I remember one where they were going to these, like, I don't know if they were underground haunted houses, but they were, like, black market haunted houses. That's, I don't know. That's how, what underground means. Oh, all right. I, yeah. I didn't know whether to interpret it literally or not. I thought it was not. location underground. I was like, they're going to caves? We probably saw the same movie. I don't remember. I feel like I might have recommended it was, to you, and then you were like, I'm going to watch that yeah. movie. Was that the movie where they, a bunch of people died? I turned it off. <laughs> I turned it's it off. That's the one. Is that the movie that ended up being real? And Either. Are, they still haven't found those people. And <laughs> Either way, guys. Happy house people are on the loose. <laughs> happy Halloween from the New School Project to you. Check out our uh, Halloween live stream. We did a giveaway. Uh, you guys can enter into that. Um, and yeah, it's. It's spooky season, but today... I love it. Sounds like we spooked him. I, Nolan just abruptly changed the scary scary topic. I, he's yeah. shaking in his boots. Are you... You're losing color, brother. Are I don't you, got are you boots. Right? I love scary movies, dude. Yeah, I don't like scary movies at all. And I just don't like where they take your mind, you know? I'm like, fuck that. I already got enough problems. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what the hell are Speaking we talking about today? Problems, you know... I feel like every time I have a problem, it's an opportunity to learn a lesson. Now, what are the biggest lessons you guys have ever learned? Wasn't That's what that we're talking transition? about today. That was a great transition. Yeah, it was. Professional podcasters over here. <laughs> so we originally wanted to discuss, each and every one of us wanted to discuss our three biggest learning lessons in life, but we figured it'd be more compact to take our best one from each of us. So we're gonna go over three of our biggest learning lessons in life. And which one of you would, you, would like to start? Uh, why don't you go first, Max? All right, so my biggest learning lesson, and I have to thank one person specifically for this, Andy Frisella, check out his podcast, he's the man with the plan. He said this in probably like 2014, 15, 16, something like that. I've been tuning into his podcast for a long time. And it was called the MFCEO Project at that point. Now his podcast is called Real AF. He said something that absolutely stuck with me. And that was, the amount of money you make is in direct relation with the amount of value you bring to the world. Without any value, you're not making any fucking money. Mm -hmm. And I think he said that word for word. And that completely stuck with me because I, obviously we're chasing financial freedom and we're not doing it for the love of money. We're doing it for what money can do, what it can provide. You know, it can send your kid to the, the best school. It can uh, get you and your family the best food. Uh, you can, you know, build schools. I mean, there, there's so many good things you can do with money. And oftentimes it's demonized. Like, a lot. it seems like people like hate people just because they're rich. 
And a lot of people have this ideology that, like, oh, look at that fucking guy, that, that fucking rich bastard. Like, that, that is not how we should be thinking. Just because someone is rich doesn't mean they're bad. I mean, there's bad poor people and there's bad rich people. Mm -hmm. There's bad people all over. And one of the, what this made me think about is for someone like Andy Frisella to own a, you know, a huge car collection, uh, Ulysses S. Grant's old mansion, uh, probably a bunch of properties, you know, he owns this large business. He didn't get that by, you know, not providing value. He had to provide real world value to the point where he was providing more value than the money he was receiving. Like he, he provides this value and he gets paid for it. And just as, you know, we go to some Joe Blow job, you know, whether it's filing paperwork or landscaping or painting, you, you provide a set amount of value. You can paint that wall, you can rake up those leaves or whatever, and that, that's the amount of value you're making, you're providing, so that's the amount of money you're making, because it's not that valuable. But for someone like Elon Musk, how do you get to be worth two, three hundred billion dollars? He built Tesla, he reinvented the whole electric car market, he, like, he, he basically normalized electric cars. Uh, SpaceX, he's, he's exploring into space. Maybe that's not even the best example because it's you know a private company, but imagine the amount of jobs he had to create. You can't build Tesla without employing tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So tens of thousands of people now have a job where they, they can put food on the table for their families because this entrepreneur decided to take this risk and build this company. And I don't think he's bad for doing that. I don't. I don't automatically look at rich people and get some negative connotation of them. I look at a rich person and I think, holy shit. I mean, they must have provided a lot of jobs to get to the point where they're at. And obviously there are exceptions. If, you know, I like trading in the markets and if I found a way to trade up from, you know, 1000 to a hundred million dollars, would I be providing a lot of value for the economy? No, not really. You know, I would just be analyzing stocks and, and buying low and selling high, you know, thousands of times. So that could be an exception. Also, There's people like the Bernie Madoff. Side, Bernie Madoff, or I was kind of going to go in the direction of um, a true nonprofit that's really just looking to give back to the community. They can provide quite a bit of value, and it's not necessarily a monetary transfer of value. I mean, they they provide value and that's, they're just trying to make enough money to keep their thing going. And that, that is another valid exception. Also, perceived value is an important thing to look at because while certain media organizations might be providing value to their customers as an entertainment, it might not necessarily be actual valuable information. I mean, I hate to use the term the rotting people's brains, but feeding people poison thoughts through their television is, I mean, it's providing a value for um, just providing them entertainment. It's providing their advertisers value by making eyes get glued to the screen and watching their advertisements, but that's just a perceived value. And uh, that doesn't necessarily I mean, it translates into a lot of money for those companies, but it's not necessarily true value. You're, you're right to bring that up. Uh, true value, perceived value, what it, whatever it is. 
there are people tuning in to that television channel and whether it's entertainment, whether they're being fed bullshit or not, I mean, they're providing enough value to keep people's eyes on the screen. Just like the guy selling heroin, he's providing value to that, that drug dealer. And I hate to use this example. I absolutely hate it because uh, you can look at it that way too. And I'm not like, I'm not defending a heroin dealer or anything, but no, I, just to be devil's advocate, I mean, someone wants to shoot up some dope. I mean, they buy it from a heroin dealer. That heroin dealer is providing him that value. So you can tie that in with the perceived value or true value or whatever. <laughs> but this is meant to be just broad and yeah, it, it's just, it's meant to be a broad thought process because if, if I'm like painting walls or something or, you know, serving chicken nuggets or something, you know, it's, it's not that much value. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the plate of food from here to the customer. It's good value, but someone who creates Amazon or something and employs half a million people, that is a hell of a lot more value. And that's why he makes a lot more money. These people that make a lot more money, it's because they provided a lot more value. Mm -hmm. Unless they're corrupt or uh, cheating or something like that. But in a general context, I feel like we can take those words to heart and strive to provide value to the world. Because if we did something that provided so much value to this world or to this community or to a group of people, the, the money will come. Yeah, that, that's how it always works. You provide the value and people come and they pay. I completely agree. And I mean, with such a broad statement, obviously anyone can poke holes at a, a broad overarching tip like that. But really, like all of the other things that we push on the New School Project, this is really just about giving you a different perspective to look at stuff from, to approach your work from, and just a perspective about providing value and a different way to look at things. So yeah. take that and take this new perspective and new way to look at your life. Value definitely yeah. has, you know, two sides to it, I guess, you know, and that's probably why people sometimes demonize people that have money because sometimes people have a shit ton of money from providing value of, you know, bad things, uh, mind rotting news or, you know, uh, mind rotting pills or just, and it's it's a crazy world, man. So, but, but in, if in you a, provide value in a good way, you will see, you know, things come back. Hell yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I have a certain amount of faith in the free markets, especially with the transparency of social media. Like back, if say picture this, we're living two hundred years ago, and you know, there's we're in a small town. There's one big corporation. One big corporation employs the majority of the town, uh, and we find out that they're treating their workers like shit. Now, is the neighboring town gonna know that? Not, not as quickly and easily and efficiently as today. If your employer is horribly mistreating you and your other coworkers, mm -hmm. that shit spreads like wildfire on social media. So I love that we have this transparency because if someone's doing fuckery shit, then they're gonna get exposed. Mm -hmm. So I think with the free market, we'll be able to wean those people out. And, you know, even like the, the Sacklers, you know, they, they peddled Oxycontin and labeled it as a drug that's not that addictive. 
They fucking destroyed people's lives. They, they killed tens of thousands of people with their drugs. And yeah, they're providing value. They're providing pain relief. It's very unfortunate that it worked out that way. But this day and age, as long as we have a government that's not corrupt, that shit should be monitored. And if it's not in everyone's best interest, then they shouldn't be able to be making money off of it like that. So I just hope as we you know, move forward in humanity, we have more, more guidelines and more people uh, being kept in check. Because if they're doing shit like that, you know, it can spread on social media and we can find out that, you know, that person isn't a good person and we shouldn't help them in their venture and all the bad stuff they're doing. Well, money, money plays a big role in like feeding, I guess, these organizations, right? So like if they don't have any, any buyers, right, then they can't, they can't fucking sell anything and their, uh, their enterprise will fall and knowledge is fucking power and like the value you can get through social media is fucking crazy too. And eventually I think that that knowledge will allow like the human mind to evolve to a more like conscious and um, aware like state. Like it wasn't too long ago where um, life was way more simpler, way more simple than, you know, everything we got going on now where like, everybody um like before debit cards you know before online banking was probably a crazy like not not simple time but maybe a little bit less complicated um but i i don't know i didn't live there but social media and the value you can get off that and the influence that's going to have on education um is going to help organizations that provide uh, corrupt value, we'll call it, uh, to fall. And that'll be cool to see. Yeah. And it'll be at our hands. You know, if you find out company A down the street treats their workers like shit, you know, you, you can make a post on social media and I, I hate this cancel culture bullshit, but like if someone's mistreating employees or they're cutting corners to screw over the customer, I mean, we have a right to know that and we can spread that information. And guess what? I'm not going to fucking buy from company A. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to work for company A. They're going to they're going to fucking go under or they're going <coughs> to they're going to do better things. They're going to quit screwing their customer or or they're going to go out of business. So, I think as we evolve in, with social media, I think that might be more of a reality in the future. You can't screw people over and get away with it as easily Hell as no, you could yeah. back in the day. So, I think that's a great thing. So, hopefully this whole you know, the more, mo the more value you provide, the more money you make. Hopefully that statement will reign true and even more true in the future because people won't be buying from company A because they mistreat their employees or Cause, whatever. Because you have a, more of ability to do your due diligence, you know, on like whatever. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, what was it again? How do you say it? The um, amount of money you make is in direct relation with the amount of value you bring to the world. If you don't make any money, you're not, or if you don't provide any value, you're not making any fucking money. 100%. That's what Andy Frisella said, and I, I like to throw that last part in there just to like cherry on top. That's what's up. Yeah, so. Jay, what's, uh, what's your lesson, brother?
Uh, my lesson is to not stress about things you can't control. In today's modern society, when we talked about social media, the constant stimuli of everyone being held accountable for their shitty actions and being able to see all the pieces of shit across the world and all the terrible actions uh, can definitely be overwhelming. And everybody wants to make a positive impact and everyone wants to make positive change. But it's important to keep in mind that you should only really stress about stuff that you can control and that, yeah, there are, there are evils in this world and that's a, a really sad thing, but just uh, letting your nerves be racked on a day-to-day -day basis because of your constant negative stimuli from social media is definitely not a good thing and it's not a way to move forward. You should instead just take steps, realistic steps in your everyday life to help the people around you, your relationships with your friends, your family, and your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like being in a state of mind, being in a, like you could be aware of something for sure, you know, but letting it, like being aware of something that you can't control, you know, but letting it like fester and, and bug you, I'm pretty sure that's like how disease happens in the body, like when you're always like under duress or fucking, you know, like, if you can't control it or you can't fix it, and then you're letting it, like, affect your mental health, I feel like it's a big deal to yeah. your body, everything that you're, that you're attracting into your life, like, and then it's kind of like a slippery slope. Yeah, I mean, that shit can impair your immune system. If you're, if you're sitting there just scared shitless of, you know, some disease out there and you got cortisol just flowing through your body all the time. I mean, these elevated stress levels, they can impair the immune system. They can impair your cognitive function, your ability to critically think. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, it's hard to argue with, with that. Don't stress over things you can't control. The only thing that I would think uh, to object to that, and I don't want to like object, maybe that's the wrong word. I feel like with social media and our voice, it almost makes it seem like there's, we can control things. Like there, there's corrupt shit going on in the government and yeah, I can't control it. Or can I? Can I use my voice and speak up on social media? Is it gonna do anything? Probably not. But it might do a little something. It might raise one person's eyebrow to the corruption that's going on. So like it's, it's, almost, it's almost like tantalizingly hard because I hate to be able to not control things, and I know there's a lot of things I can't control, but if I can like do something, I always wanna like do something. If I see that our president is lying or Big Pharma's lying or something, I wanna try to do something. Mm -hmm. And as a you know, small town kid in, in White Lake, I mean, I can't like go like, you know, file a lawsuit or do anything like real other than make some tweets or put out some content to give everybody awareness. So, I don't know, I just wanted to throw that perspective out there. It's, it's not an objection or anything, it's just like me thinking that I, I can have an influence no matter how small. And that mindset is then harnessed by these social media companies to continue stoking this fire for that profit. instigates everybody and makes them just be stimulated by this constant just whirlwind of shit fuckery on the internet. Um, and they just 
get stressed and upset about it and they continuously engage with it, which feeds into this feedback loop, which gets more people enraged. And uh, that's just their business is people getting pissed off and uh, bitching up a storm online. Big yeah. money. Yeah, you're right. That's their, they write their algorithms to further create that feedback loop. They, they want everybody to do that. That's, that's how you stay in their ecosystem. And uh, I mean, uh, they have that great documentary on Netflix, uh, The Social Dilemma, that where a lot of these uh, retired executives from these big social media powerhouses actually talk directly about how that's part of their marketing plan is creating these feedback, these dopamine feedback loops, where it's just giving your brain a just unnatural amount of stimulation. And I just, I don't really think that's healthy. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not. I mean, the, the rise of social media, what else rose with it? Suicide rates, especially in young women. I don't remember the exact age group, whether it's like 11 to 17 or whatever, but there's no debating the, the numbers. I mean, the elevated suicidal rates. And coincidentally, it came right when social media became prominent. You know, when, when you got sixth graders seeing, you know, perfect specimens of people on their phone every time they open up Instagram, every, every time they, you know, they open it 60 times a day maybe, they're seeing what they could be. Oh, that, that, that woman is perfect. Why, why aren't I like this? Constant comparison, that, those negative feedback loops, you know, seeing all the shit you're enraged with. And they add those filters onto, right onto the apps. Yeah. Where you can filter yourself and make yourself look even more unnaturally perfect. Humans are flawed. <laughs> Celebrate the fucking flaws. Nobody has the fucking weird smooth skin and like it's it's just weird. It's it's fucked up and weird and it's it's poisoning the minds of America and the world. World, you are beautiful. Fuck what you see on social media. Yeah, fuck fuck what you see. I mean, there there's no reason to compare yourselves to others. Because it doesn't exist. It's fake. But it's it, literally not a thing. The thing, like, the the thing to really think about though is like to not stress about things you can't control. So like, if if you were like stuck in a feedback loop where like there's these big things with our government that somebody wants to post or like somebody wants to like share their thought on this or that, you know, what what it, I feel like social media is taking away from is somebody actually getting up and doing something about it, starting to be like a delegate of their town or, you know, creating real change or like, and, and like, yeah, like uh, not stressing about it on the level of way up there, but doing something about it if it, if it actually bugs that person that, that fucking much, you know? Not just like a couple posts or like not reposting something that you want to, that will add to the feedback loop and the chaos, but like constructing your own post about something that you've seen. And then it's like, all right, well, this is my fucking, this is my point of view on it because I think that this is this way, you know? I feel like that's a healthy exchange of social media thoughts. But, yeah, or or to to build a big enough fucking news station where you could be like real news, you know, and like it was actually real news, real journalism. People weren't just trying to destroy people's fucking images and their or their image and uh, 
people's companies any fucking chance they get, you know? Like the, I don't know, this shit's crazy, man. You're talking about running for a local government. I mean, yeah, that's just doing that, something. having your own TV station is a little bit more. I mean, well, that's not realistic for everybody. Well, but yeah. there's there are realistic steps you can make to make positive change <clears throat> in but, your life and in the world around you. Uh, holding a, a local office, or even not in a political way, just putting energy and effort into the relationships in the world around you. Mm-hmm. Or you can start a podcast and talk about the shit you think is important. Fuck yeah. That's yeah. what we're doing. Help influence people <laughs> in, in the right way. Now, what's, yeah. what's your lesson? You, you keep asking us what our lessons are. You're, you're like, no, I don't want to talk about my lesson. Max, let's hear what your lesson is. Oh, Jay, yeah, let's hear what your fucking lesson, lesson is. Yeah. All right. My lesson is to always think before you react. That, that's the biggest lesson, especially for uh, somebody that is like, you know, real gets real excited or somebody that, you know, wants to just fucking dive into something like really strongly. Like life has a lot of angles to shit. And if you don't like think about all those angles um, and you, you might fail and life is not guaranteed, you know? So like you have to think about what you're gonna re like do with your action or with what you're gonna say. You have to fucking think about it. Because life is a game and you can lose this game and you can wind up suffering. And so it, you just go through a hell of a lot less suffering because I think that, yeah, we're, we are all flawed, but I think the majority of people are, are good people. You know, you wanna do the right thing. And if you dig deep into like, like the morals that you know and like what you, what you would want, um, like to happen to you, like treating somebody how you would want to be treated. It's a simple statement, but it's very deep. But thinking about like what you're going to do, how you act, the moves that you make, the things that you're going to say has a great, it has a lot to do with <clears throat> like your morals, like how you, how you want this life to be. That, that's all. And if you want to win, you got to fucking think about everything. You know, because if you don't think about this one thing, you might fucking lose. And yeah, th that sucks. I'm sorry, like, you didn't fucking win. Not everybody fucking wins, man. Like, you, you want, um, when you, like, relate, like, everybody getting a trophy to everybody having a job. Yeah, sure, everybody gets money, but some people get a shit ton of money. Some people have an awesome family. Some people never struggle with bills, you know, and sometimes um, people do. And... And they're happier with than like the person that's not struggling with bills because they don't live a fulfilling life. And I'm just trying to explain how complicated life is and that it's not this easy thing that like you can just waltz through and and be great at. Um, like if if you think that you're just gonna waltz through life uh, and you have any like moral responsibility for who you are and who you are to your family, your people around you will suffer too you don't think before you react and I've been like a, a a person that has thought or has not thought before I reacted and then got into situations that played out for fucking months before and it was like damaging to relationships my mental health um, the things that were coming down the pipeline because now my mind's all fucked up and not attracting good shit you know something I fucking said to somebody you know, so just biggest life lesson is to 
fucking think before you react in the like with your moves and your words. Think about it, cause it's life is serious. It's fun as fuck, and it's you're here to have a good ass time, but it's serious, man. And we here at the New School want you guys to fucking win. We want you guys to live a fulfilling life, and we're gonna try to do that. You know, every fucking day. So, just think think about it. I think that, I think yeah. that there's definitely an equilibrium there, like with everything. And mm -hmm. while you definitely need to think before you act, being uh, decisive in the moment is definitely a skill as well. And being able to have confidence in your own abilities to make decisions based on you analyzing a situation is a big thing too. And, uh, Overthinking is just as big of a trap that some people can fall into. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely like with everything in life, something where you need to find a balance. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a dichotomy. You mm -hmm. you pause, but don't hesitate. You know, it, there's there's difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree because a lot of the stupidest shit I've ever done or said, it was literally me just reacting. I I'm not like a person who reacts emotionally too often but when i have done that like it's i i look back and i'm like you fucking idiot max like mm -hmm. been out of shape for 20 minutes and then i realize that it doesn't fucking matter mm -hmm. you know what whether like my sunglasses get broken or i fuck or i am rude to somebody and being mean to them or something well I, in this scenario i was thinking i wasn't like rude or mean but i was like pissed and like you know i was fucking pissed mm -hmm. i was speaking my mind reacting i mean i everything like sleep on it that's like that's great advice like we cannot our emotions will take the best of us especially right when that thing whatever it is happens when the f wound is fresh or yeah. with the, so the situation. Yeah, so you're sitting there all emotional. Don't react yet. Don't send that text. Don't send that letter. Don't mm -hmm. actually nobody's sending letters, but don't send that text. Don't make that comment, whatever. You're all fired up. You want to, but then you think 20 minutes later, an hour later, you you get grounded to reality. You, you know, you go do some other stuff and you forget about it for a second, and then all of a sudden you're not so heated anymore. And then you're like, well, this, this is just a person just like me. And, you know, they're well-intentioned. And, uh, you know, maybe what they did was an accident or the, they didn't mean to do this or that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's unproductive to just react. But also necessary sometimes. Like I was, when you were talking about it, I was thinking about chess. You know, I, I've won a lot of games because people reacted to my moves before they thought. Mm -hmm. And I've lost a lot of games because I've reacted to their moves instead of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a balance, there is a dichotomy. You know, mm -hmm. when, when I'm playing minute chess, I, you, know, you only have a minute. I prey on the fact that people re react. It's a game of reaction. You only have 60 seconds. You can't think that much. Mm -hmm. You wanna distract the shit out of someone by doing this, and then they'll react to that. And then boom, you take their fucking queen. Well, that's- Because they were just reacting. That's so what there's Jay a dichotomy. Said. That, yeah, that, that's what Jace, like, if you, if you, no, that's what you're saying. What I'm saying is you need to be decisive. No, but 
with like say like with a sport like wrestling, you know, like if you go out there with a plan, you're gonna get your ass kicked. You know, you need <laughs> yeah. to just fucking. That's literally like you all know, you, you don't have time to think about stuff. You have to believe in yourself and take the confidence and go out there and kick ass. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you can do both, you, and it doesn't have to can. be. It doesn't have to be all the way over here, or all the way over here, and someone who's skilled at doing this. We'll take a second and think, but not just overthink and just be paralyzed by choice. They'll take that breath, take a second, mm -hmm. think about it, and be decisive. Yeah. And that's just having confidence in your ability to make decisions. And that is true. The first time, the first time you do like a big purchase or something like that, like sure, yeah, maybe go like on that, on the far spectrum and fucking think about it. Like think about everything. You but know. if you're wrestling, but it, or or like if you're wrestling, you know, maybe just don't think and just go out there and whoop some fucking ass. But in like life, business, fucking career, I, it's definitely a good idea to be balanced. And also, like nobody wants to have a conversation with somebody that's like, and you're like, what are you doing? And then it's like the dude just thinking about what he wants to say, and, and it's like. <laughs> Well, actually, this, but that's, it's always like a, a five, ten second, you know, thinking about it. I'd be like, dude, did you fucking hear me? I always took notice when, when you like talk to someone and they, they like hold off for like two, two long seconds before they respond. I'm like thinking like, this guy's paying attention. This guy's listening. He's not just waiting to respond. Mm-hmm. That made me think of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if you're just waiting to respond, you already have it. You're you're ready. You, you've thought about what you were gonna say while the other person was talking. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't listen. If you take your second or yeah. two to really just let their message sink in and and, and make sure they're finished talking too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I I'm at fault of that sometimes for sure. Like oh, we all are. I'll be like listening to them and I'll be like ooh. I'm gonna ask them about this, you know? But then the last 15 seconds of their conversation or whatever, I didn't like give it the effort I originally gave it when I had come up with the, the first question that I just wanna respond with. Hey, our, our brains are running 90 miles an hour. I mean, it, it happens. I'm honestly like, I'm perplexed by the brain. Like to think that, like, if you're going in to wrestle somebody, your brain can't like compute anything. You can't be like, all right, well, if he goes for my right leg, then I'm gonna swoop over to the right and I'm gonna do this position on him. Like your brain doesn't have any time to process a thought like that. Let alone, and especially not vocalize that thought. Like no. sub-vocalize, you know what that means? Like it, when you're reading in your head, yeah. like, you know, in your head, you're saying New York City, uh, but like, your brain, you're reacting, and I don't know. I I was just perplexed, and I wanted to just say I was perplexed. The human well, mind is awesome. It is. The thing about something like that is that's having faith in your ability to make decisions. And your time instincts. thinking, instincts, your time yeah. thinking, was when you were practicing those moves, and your brain is it understands that the person's swooping for your leg and you're gonna do this. And you don't need to have your internal monologue vo sub-vocalize that to you because you're just, yeah. you're having faith in your decision-making process and you're just being decisive in the moment and having faith in yourself. That's when you know you're good at shit. When you, when you know, like you know you're good at something when, you're, when you like are having fun with it and 
I base, basically what we're saying right now, in my opinion, is the thing every sports coach says where they're like, we need to develop muscle memory. Just muscle memory is very fucking complex, you know? Yeah. It's not just like, oh yeah, my muscles got fucking memories. <laughs> yeah, you're doing like all the thinking, like before you get on the mat. <laughs> I mean, you're doing it in the weight room, you're doing it in the, in the gym, practicing, and mm-hmm. I mean, same with me playing chess, you know, a 60-second game, a lot of my thinking was done in the thousands of games that I've played prior, where I've learned these lessons, and, you know, so I, I don't have to, like, go and spend 10 seconds thinking, because Wrestling, I've kind yeah. of been in that scenario before. Dude, it's very similar to chess, bro. Like, there is what thousands of ways to take somebody down in chess same, oh yeah same way with wrestling but you know they might shoot in that might and then you react that way and that's how you know the knight moves up and then you react that you know to how they move mm-hmm. it, it, plus play, i mean the suplex do you see that grandmaster like he totally took that guy you thought that he was about to be checkmated but he just poof, yeah he flipped the board Oh, no, no, you see, you grab under the one armpit and over the other one, and you flip the person <laughs> over you using their momentum. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, uh, it's a technique used in both games. Uh, if you're not really a chess master, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> it's kind of like a castling. It's an advanced technique. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Mr. Beast. Uh, shout out to Mr. Beast. The dude kills the internet. But if you ever have... Um, if you ever hear this, but if you ever have one of your like big old setups where you do like one million dollars and you set up a fucking video thing, invite us to play like giant chess, like the movie, uh, uh, like in um, Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, that would be fucking epic. Bro, I would love to play giant chess. <laughs> I would fucking love that. Yeah, dude, I I love chess so much. I I got like a bigger board. Like it's it's so much better. Like planting like a big ass queen you know instead mm. of like these tiny little fucking boards where you don't have all this space i want to play chess the size of this room well, i want to we'll be a chess happen. piece we will make that happen for you eventually max yeah are you guys gonna finally play me then no absolutely not i feel like no i'm not gonna say it on stream you're not but, gonna play me but anyways you? you know what we should say what's that we should each summarize our our thing so we'll... all right i'll start mm-hmm. so my biggest lesson, the amount of money you make is in direct relation with the amount of value you bring to the world. I think that holds true in most scenarios. Obviously, there are scammers, there are cheaters, there are drug dealers, and they might be providing value to somebody falsely, or, well, if they're scamming people, they're not providing any value. A drug dealer might provide a lesser form of value. Yes, that heroin addict wants that heroin, but uh, there, there are different forms of value that can be provided, but in a general sense, in the economy and in our lives, I feel like the more money or the more value we provide, the more money we will make because we're contributing to the economy. It's beautiful how it works. You, you have a surplus of dollars. It's because you had a surplus of economic output. And the person who has a surplus of dollars, they contributed a lot to the economy enough to the point where they had excess dollars. So I think that's a good concept. So we need to strive to provide a lot of value mm-hmm. rather than chase the dollars. Because if we provide the value, the money will, it, it will come. That's it. Yeah. Firm believer in that. Great perspective. Love it. 
Now, my biggest lesson I learned was don't stress about things you can't control. Just take realistic steps for the things you can control in your life, which is the energy you put into yourself and the relationships around you. Mm -hmm. I think he also said something about how the world is beautiful. I said you're all beautiful. You guys are fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> uh, think before you react. Life is tough. It is a game, and you can win in fulfillment and in your passions and your purpose. And just think before you react um, and uh, be balanced about it. Sometimes you got to trust yourself uh, and your instincts. And sometimes, you know, you got to be like, all right, you know, do I... Do I want to buy this house or something? You know, you gotta fucking think about this shit because uh, everybody um, that you care about will be affected by your decisions, 100%. Think about what you do. This is the New School Project. I'm Nolan Claypeck. I'm Max Kuzmolski. I'm Jay Cotter. And just so you guys can understand what Nolan's talking about, I'm gonna just punch Nolan really hard and we're gonna let him think for a second before he reacts to what I've just done. So, Three, two, one. All right. Oh, he got his ass. We're gonna cut right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right.